Hello, my name is Gloria and I'm here with Giovanni and we are Pop-Up Youth Radio and this is the Winter Exhibition 2018 and we're also here with our second collaboration of Planned Parenthood of Illinois, My Body, My Story. I'm Sydney. I'm Emily. Um, so we're here with My Body, My Story campaign, which is a youth-led campaign focused on sharing information about birth control and sexual health to youth in Illinois. So today we have a couple of topics for you all. Um, we're going to be talking about psychology behind sex and love. We're going to be talking about consent, LGBTQ rights, and we have a couple guests actually here with us as well. Yeah, do you want to introduce our first guest? So our first guest is Emma Khan. Uh, she is our graphic designer and illustrator for My Body, My Story. We're just going to ask a few questions. And yeah, welcome, Emma. Thank you. <laughs> so my first question would be, why did you decide to work with My Body, My Story? Um, I've always, my art has always been um, pretty political and mostly focusing around uh, women's issues in the past. And I've always been very passionate about um, uh, birth control, access to birth control. And I met Libby actually at a, <laughs> Libby is the um, uh, manager of the campaign. And um, I met her at a women's group type thing. And I started out with just kind of volunteering to help her come up with the aesthetic style and illustrations and kind of the branding of what we wanted the, um, campaign to be and especially the social media because it was so uh, youth focused we knew that social media was going to be a big part of it um, and so that's how I got involved with it but I had always it was actually also right after Trump's election so right. Planned Parenthood was very something near and dear to my heart yeah and why do you think it's important for us to be collaborating with youth and for you to be collaborating with youth to create the content that you make um, well, mostly because it's so youth-focused. Mm -hmm. Our main target audience is youth, and so I'm not going to know what um, is going to appeal most to youth without actually asking them and talking to them and hearing from youth about what their um, interests and <coughs> concerns and, um, uh, you know, generally, like, what they're kind of focused on. Mm -hmm. And so it's important to like ask ask them what they what they want to see and what they want to hear and learn for sure and so we have like these little characters called the birth control squad <laughs> um how did you come up with the birth control squad that's a great question <laughs> um i don't remember i think libby and i were just talking about um the idea of kind of making birth control fun and approachable and not so medicalized um and i had the idea of just personifying them, kind of making them little human characters. 
um, especially when uh, we had the idea that you could kind of really identify with them. So if you um, were on a certain type of birth control and you were really enjoying it, it could kind of become this character that was like, that you took around with you, you know, like you're taking birth control in high school and it can travel with you to college. Um, and so I kind of just designed some cute little characters. Um, I want to say something about that. So now that we're like talking about it, when I first saw them, I thought about like how you know that Dora the Explorer has like a tools in yes. her bag. <laughs> so it was yes. kind of cool because it's like tools that like we can just have in our bag or mm -hmm. just know about them in a really fun way. Like they're nothing harmful, they're nothing scary, they're yeah. just here to help us. So yeah. it's pretty cool the way that you designed them. Yeah, thank sure. you. Yeah, and they're kind of just there to uh, help us and support us. And so I thought the idea of personifying them as little characters um, helps to carry that through. For sure. What is your past design experience and like how does My Body, My Story specifically stand out from everything else that you've done? Well, um, so I was a fine art major, so I typically did drawing and um, painting. My school was pretty small and so our art department didn't have graphic design, it didn't have digital illustration at all. Um, so when I left, I actually I mean, you can learn anything on YouTube these days, so I taught myself a lot of, like, you know, Illustrator and Photoshop. And so, but in the past, my artwork has always had very <clears throat> consistent themes, um, a lot of, um, like, sexual positivity, uh, women's issues, very political. Um, and so I think that that kind of easily transitioned into my body, my story. <laughs> And um, um, also the very like colorful pop art aesthetic has also always been in my artwork. So doing this kind of very fun and bright teen campaign was um, something that I was like, oh yeah, this is definitely in my realm. Um, but I've never done social media before. So it was new to the whole like designing specific posts and I had never done educational artwork. So the idea of like, how do you take like a fact about birth control or like information that you want to share and make it aesthetically pleasing for someone to look at and then they can and absorb the information as well. Yeah, so what is your experience like running the My Body, My Story Instagram account? Um, <clears throat> it's been pretty fun. Uh, it's a lot more, um, there's a lot more research that goes into it mm -hmm. I've found. Um, so originally I was like, oh yeah, you know, I'm doing graphic design and illustration, I'll just be making posts, but at the same time I find myself doing a whole lot of research because, you know, it'll be, uh, we'll have a week about the Nuva Ring, and I'm just like, I don't know that much about the Nuva Ring, and I have to create content about it, so I have to right. do all of my own research, because I don't have a history in sexual health education. Um, so I've had, to, it's been a lot of self-teaching and um, a lot of learning for me too along the way, so it, which might be kind of nice because I can kind of, I have a new learner's perspective and so that might translate well into picking out things that we wanna share with youth that we also think maybe haven't learned these topics yet. That's awesome. Like my experiences with graphic art is zero. <laughs> um, so do you have like any advice for people that are starting out? I mean, I think that anyone can get into artwork. Um, 
like I've just drawn my whole life um, and really like graphic artwork, it all connects to each other. You know, visual design, if you can do visual design on paper or with like a paintbrush, you can do it on a computer. It's all about shapes and colors. Um, And so I really do uh, rep YouTube seriously when I say you can learn anything there and that's exactly how I learned all of my graphic design knowledge (laughs) do you have I think you do have like a a store right I do am I allowed to say the name of a store uh just spell out the word okay okay (laughs) yes I do um I have a little online store it's called disco um Mm b-i-t-c-h really rolls off the tongue um (laughs) and yeah, I just have like prints and mm-hmm. pins and stickers and so the other cutesy f- femme, <laughs> um, yeah, artwork. What's it like starting your own little business? <laughs> it was a lot more work than I expected, um, but it was good to, f- I think, finally push myself to do it. I was creating a lot of art in my own personal time anyways, and so I kind of figured, you know, if I'm going to be making this artwork, I might as well make it a little bit of a side hustle and sell it to people because you know friends were always asking if they could buy some and I was like well I don't have anything printed but I could I guess if you're interested Mm -hmm. so um yeah but I mean also like with all these website builders it's it takes time but it's you can definitely like make your own website and that kind of thing how long has it taken you to get it Let's see, I started, I had been collecting artwork, like I or I had just been making artwork um, for a while, but I would say I started l- in August. Okay. So that's like, what, like four, five months? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, bad. I'm an artist, I'm bad at math. <laughs> me too. Um, yeah, so it probably took me... Um, like a month or so to get some sort of running website and then an Instagram and the thing about Instagram is it's like I feel like I'm constantly you you constantly have to have like new content Mm -hmm. to put on Instagram so like that I would say is the bulk of the work like the time consuming work yeah well thank you Emma so much for answering our questions and sharing some of your journey Um, so we're gonna keep talking about like we're getting real about getting it on, right? I mean, sex is such a like big topic, right? And I think the best way to tackle it is from the root, right? So like maybe like the psychological part, like what we think of it before we take action. Um, and I was doing some research about this and we have a hormone called oxytocin or something like that. Um, let me tell you about that. So it's called the love hormone because it's real (laughs) and it's powerful. So it just basically talks about um, attachment, right? Like this is the hormone that can lead us to get attached to someone. And women actually release this hormone a lot more than men. So it could kind of explain why, quote unquote, women get attached more than men do. but yeah, it, it also talks about how our brain shuts down like when we feel like, really excited, which makes us like co- like make bad choices sometimes <laughs> because we're just thinking about like the thing that made us really really happy, and this is why like some people stay in really bad like relationships because 
they're having sexual intercourse and they're having an orgasm and it makes them really happy so they block out like their reasoning you know what i mean yeah um i want to add on to that so i know like psychologically like we produce endorphins and that's what like makes us really like happy like emotionally happy so i know like when you do things like have sex um it releases a lot of endorphins and that's how we get so like attached to it because it's almost like a drug because similarly like when you do drugs you also get endorphins they're just much stronger so s love or sex you know is pretty addicting it, and that's really pretty much it like there of course there's some people that kind of like fall into like the media and other factors because you know there's many other factors why people um how they view sex and why they do it so yeah that's also like a main part yeah i i heard that it can make us feel like we're on heroin yeah like, <laughs> like that addictive part of it um but i mean like how i mentioned that it can cause like mental and health problems you know what i mean because you are so focused on like the physical part of it and you're not realizing that sometimes the partner that you're with you know you need to like push it on the side because it's not really creating anything productive for your life and i think it's important that we kind of like talk about these things too just like the the psychology behind sex because it's often like talked about in ap psych classes and stuff like that then you don't learn a lot of those things until you're into like high school years and i think if we just talked about it now and just like every everybody wants to romanticize it and like psychology doesn't really do that they literally just get to the facts and you know just even pointing out the hormones and everything that goes into it is really interesting and pretty much important right and it's not our fault right like we can't control the chemicals in our brains but what we could do is like observe our behavior um and just kind of reflect on that like what is it that is keeping us healthy what is it that is not keeping us healthy and we can kind of find a balance with that because as well how, how you mentioned too um we are very influenced by like social media and movies that they make it seem like everything is so colorful and nice and pretty but in reality there's like a lot behind it mm -hmm. and and i feel like we talked about that and while i was doing my research um i actually found a list of movies that like um they kind of like include sexual harassment but in a like a funny joking way like if that's something to joke about and i feel like you know younger kids that watch some of these movies they think like oh that's funny i'm gonna go like hit someone in school because i have a crush on them or something as small as that can turn into like a really big deal you know do you have the list of the movies with you uh i actually i don't think i do i think i've seen a couple of like movies yeah. like that maybe like 16 candles i think right and um like well one that's like really basic is like 50 shades of gray <laughs> right how like the girl's not allowed to talk about anything that happens um another one that i saw on the list was twilight how True. um edward's like controlling of uh bella yeah bella <laughs> talking to jacob yeah. right and yeah. you know that's twilight's just not good at right all. i mean yeah it's so really i feel like the audience of like twilight is like middle schoolers and i feel like it's dangerous to normalize like not having like an open and like communicative like conversation about like sex and especially with like 50 shades of gray like the whole idea is like bdsm and stuff which is fine if you're like having a conversation and using consent <laughs> which is what we're going to talk about later but yeah. i feel like it's like dangerous to go in a spectrum of like silencing someone and not loving have their voice, especially on something like consider sex. 
Yeah, you just brought up something really important too, just like conversations and mm -hmm. having conversations and like talking to your partner um, before you go into anything. And like also, it doesn't have to be your partner, but just like conversations about sex in general. They're just so, like it's been such a stigmatized topic that we often, you know, shy away from having these conversations and the fact that we're having one right now um, on the radio is like really cool. <laughs> so Yeah, definitely. And I know we have like, um, sex ed in school in high school mm -hmm. but even then i feel like what they cover there is not enough only because it's just like a list of things that they have to cover and like okay we cover this that's that's it let's move on like let's go do some pe now you know mm -hmm. um but i think that it it is a serious topic and definitely one topic that is um underlooked in that area i think is consent like how we mentioned um consent is a very important part of it yeah, um, my bad. Um, I want to add on because, of course, like, we have sex ed, we have these resources in school, but it's only to a certain extent. We are always limited. We don't have, for example, education about same-sex intercourse or, you know, things like that. You know, there's other people, like, yeah, like, there's other people that need to be educated about their sexual prefer preferences, and they aren't aware of that. Yeah, I feel like sex ed courses in schools really just meet the bare minimum for information. Um, they want to, I mean, it's not that the information they're giving isn't helpful. Um, of course, it will be helpful to some students, but the information that they are sharing needs to be helpful for all students so that everybody can relate, um, even if that means that they have to go out of their <laughs> way and go into a quote-unquote uncomfortable area for them. Um, doesn't mean that nobody was will benefit from that information. There are students that will, and I think that you know, these sex ed courses that only teach, you know, same, I mean, not, uh, heterosexual sex or like, um, I forget what it's called. Um, I'm so sorry, I just blanked out. Um, yeah, they're just, the, the sex ed courses that aren't being inclusive just kind of need to realize how harmful it is to not include information for all genders and, and all people of all sexualities. Yeah, and I feel like it's shown too in statistics because um, I did some research too, and um, I found out that like 73% of people who are HIV positive are mainly from the LGBT community. And I do believe it's probably most likely because of the lack of information about sex. They don't get the resources they need. And then another thing, like you said, like they only do the bare minimum. Why do you think there's a lot of girls in middle school, even high school, you know, pregnant? Mm -hmm. They don't have enough education about how to treat sex like in a more safely way. Yeah, and um, a lot of the time, like with sex ed, it's very like abstinence like driven and it's just not realistic with like teenagers obviously, but, um, and there's not a lot of access to like free condoms or like dental dams or anything else that like um, prevents like STDs and STIs and like resources for like teenagers. I know like Planned Parenthood is a resource to get um, for a lot of youth, but um, especially like, in areas where there's not a lot of like access to um, affordable and like maybe even like free birth control or per um, things that like maintain like protective like and safe sex, so that's also like a systemic problem. Mm -hmm. And I feel like with like HIV and AIDS, like there's just a lack of like research and like people knowing because of like the HIV like crisis like a long time ago with like the whole LGBT community like issue of like people like being afraid of like gay people and then it's like still people like um, 
gay men like aren't allowed to like donate blood for like the mm-hmm. fear of HIV. So it's ridiculous. But yeah, like I heard they have to wait like a whole year like without having sex. And yeah. Honey, no. Like it's just blood. That's impossible. Right. <laughs> 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 like it shouldn't have to come to that point. Definitely. Um, and another thing too, like with this whole like education and stuff, I, I think a lot of it has to do because um, adults think that we are not like emotionally like ready or intelligent to like touch on some of these mm-hmm. topics. But one thing that I stand strong on is like <coughs> if you know someone's like ignorant or doesn't know enough about something and you do educate them don't talk bad about them because they don't know something or don't belittle them just like this is a time where we can share information and learn from each other yeah and don't let age be your barrier because a lot of times we think that you know younger people can't teach adults and that's literally not true Um, and a lot of the times even I've held myself back because of my age Um, and I think that younger people just need to realize that we we're literally like my shirt says like our future is now like we are the future um and we can't say that the future is coming when it's already here so i just think that we need to realize our strength and like you know tell these adults what's up pretty much (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh, fortunately for us the adults at yolo know what's up so that's why we're here today (laughs) talking about this um but yeah um, but anyways, we can go back on the topic on consent. Um, I think it's very important for everyone to know that you don't have to participate in anything that you don't want to, n- regardless of the title that you have with another person in your life. Um, and it doesn't have to be with just partners. It can be along friends or even like family members, anything like that. Speak up. There's like resources around you and people that are willing to help and don't like ever feel like you're alone and that you can't reach out for help. Definitely. We're going to talk about uh, all of this a little bit more later on. So Yeah. So right now we're going to go on a small break and but not yet because <laughs> we still have time. Um <laughs> But yeah, does anyone have anything to say so far about anything that we've touched on? Any question? Oh, I actually have some cards over yeah, here. Yeah, we have some cards if you, oh, they're ready. Yeah, they're ready. Cool. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna read from these uh, share your story cards that we have here at My Body, My Story. Um, somebody shared a story saying, when I was in eighth grade, a boy took my kindness and friendliness as an invitation to touch me inappropriately. I didn't know how to say no to him. Thank you for sharing your story, by the way. Yeah, thank you so much. I hate that. I mean, first of all, I mean, it's understandable why you didn't know what to do in the moment, Um, especially if that's like the first time it happened to you, Um, and I'm sorry that happened to you. Uh, I think (laughs) that since, well, I mean, this was in eighth grade, but everywhere around you, there's always like a trusting adult. We just have to be willing to open up, you know? And if we don't feel comfortable with some of these things, we could even tell the people that are hurting us, you know? Like, let them know, hey, no, that's not right. You, that's not what I want. You didn't ask. So one of the things to not get confused on what's right and what's wrong, like, don't be afraid to ask your partner, like, is this okay with you? Like, do you, is, do you enjoy this? Should I not do this, you know? Yeah, and I think this kind of, like, touches upon the importance of, teaching consent in middle school because this even you know like this isn't I'm sure is not like the first time but um, we 
don't teach younger children about consent and sex ed and stuff like that because again it's so stigmatized and i think that if we adjust if we just start at a younger age like even like fifth graders that learn this their parents are so against it you know mm-hmm. um mine wasn't because my like i have like a really supportive family but i know people that don't and i think that it's really important for us to have these conversations with kids when yeah. they're at y- when they're younger yeah and this um Definitely, um, experiences like this is when you kind of start questioning, like, okay, well, sh- is this the time now where I need to start engaging in, like, sexual intercourse or anything physical like that? And I just want to share that, like, take your time. Just because um, someone is trying to do something and you feel pressured and you're like, oh, okay, well, maybe I should do it now. Everybody is different. Everybody takes their time with things and don't be afraid to wait. Like don't, just because one thing happened, don't feel like you have to keep going with it. Like like I said, everybody is different and it's okay to wait. Thank you again for that story. We're gonna read just an, a couple more cards. Um, somebody has some advice. Um, this one says, my advice is to be safe. Don't go around telling people your sex life and please don't fall into peer pressure. So a little bit of what you said, right? Right. and. Um, that also goes a little bit again with consent because um, just because you have a partner um, and a best friend doesn't mean you can go and tell your best friend about like what you did with your partner. Make sure that your partner is okay with you talking about what is going on mm-hmm. with you guys. Um, and yeah, those are some of the things you also want to be mindful of. Mm-hmm. Again, like just have communication and understand what is you know okay to share and what's not okay to share. Okay, well, now we are ready for the wonderful Gigi, Gianna. But yeah, we're gonna take a small break and don't forget we are Pop-Up Youth Radio at the Winter Exhibition 2018. Do you have to like not be in the camera? Like is that? Okay. Okay, I hope I can see. Hello, my name is Gianna. I have to go to the bathroom very bad. And I hope I can play some nice Christmas songs for you all. And I love you all very much. Okay. Is it my turn? Am I officially on? Okay. Okay, hi. All right, this song is called All I Want for Christmas is You from Mariah Carey. Because I'm the next Mariah Carey. I don't want a lot for Christmas. There is just one thing I need. I don't care about the presents underneath the Christmas tree. I just want you for my own. More than you could ever know. Make my wish come true. Christmas is you. That was all wrong. Let me try it again. I'm sorry. I'm in a band, so I don't really play and sing at the same time anymore. You. There is just one thing I need I don't care 
care about the presents underneath the Christmas tree. I don't want to hang my stocking way above the fireplace. Santa Claus won't make me happy with a toy on Christmas Day. I just want you for my own. More than you could ever know. Make my wish come true. All I want for Christmas is you. You, baby. I won't ask for much this Christmas. I won't even wish for snow. I'm just going to keep on waiting underneath the mistletoe. I won't make a list and send it to the north for old St. Nick. I won't even make those magic reindeers click. I just want you here tonight, holding on to me so tight. What more can I do? Christmas is you. There. I'm shaking. I just just want to sing. I don't even want to play. What? I'm sorry. I apologize. Should I just sing? If this is too much work, should I just sing? Do you guys think I should keep trying with the ukulele, or should I, like, show of hands? Just singing, or the ukulele trying? Ukulele trying? Okay, the next song I'm going to sing, ukulele trying, will be a lot easier for me. It's called Can't Help Falling in Love with You. If everyone in the room might know this song, you could sing along, but if you're shy, you don't have to sing anything. Wise men say only fools rush in, but I can't help falling in love with you.
thanks. La liberté sera quelque chose de vivant et de transparent. Et sa demeure sera pour toujours le cœur de l'homme. Gigi, Gianna, thank you so much, Gigi. Everybody give a round of applause. Don't worry, she'll be back with more. So, how's everyone? Is everyone okay eating some pizza and stuff? Oh my God, it sounds like the room is empty. Did I, did I hear anybody eating pizza? Yay, I want some pizza. Who's going to bring me some? Yay. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, anyway, <laughs> so we're back, and don't forget that this is Papa Youth Radio with our second collaboration with Planned Parenthood at the Winter Exhibition 2018. Okay, guys, so we are going to continue with the topic of consent. So, who wants to start off? <laughs> okay. So I feel like it's important with consent to talk about like communication and having like an open conversation and being like comfortable in general because I feel like a lot of the time it's kind of just like um, consent is something that you don't like abruptly ask because people are afraid that it'll be like too awkward. But which like it's so much better and for well, so much better and for like your partner to make sure that they're safe and comfortable like if you cared about them. So. That's a really good um, point because if you can't get through the, thank you, if you can't get through the awkward phase of communicating, then that kind of tells you a lot about, like, should you take the next step with someone if you can't even communicate or get through the awkward phase of communication? I feel like that's like a, like a, like a heads up. Like, it, should I really do this? Like, we can't even talk about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like kind of like a hint, maybe. Yeah, yeah. like def that's definitely a, a hint and um, what is it called? Like a trigger. Red flag. Red yeah, flag. a red flag. There you yes. Go. There we Thank go. you. Oh, that's a red flag. <laughs> <laughs> couldn't, I could not come up with that word. For the yeah. Life of me. And to get into some examples, so like, okay, if you guys are in a relationship, right? Think of it. Think of the cycle of abuse. All right. Imagine with me, guys, you know, y'all creative, you know, imagine with me. Okay, thanks, thanks, thanks. Um, <laughs> so you're with your partner, right? Y'all have tension, y'all bumping heads, y'all like, ooh, 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 ah, ah, you know? <laughs> um, you guys get in the wrong terms, right? So, you know, things happen, breakdowns, miscommunication, you know, some people, some, somebody feels victimized, the other one feels victimized too, you know, it just happens like that. 
That's the first stage. The second stage is the incident. So there's like the verbal, emotional, and physical abuse, the anger, the blaming, the arguing, threats, you know, all of that horrible stuff or whatever. <laughs> and then comes three, the reconciliation. And you know, that's when like the abuser apologizes, gives an excuse, blames the victim, denies the abuse, you know, all that stuff. And then four, everything's calm, so it's kind of like, wow, you accepted the apology or he or they accepted the apology and it's kind of like, that's the cycle of abuse because you are coming back to a space that you know was not right. But since they apologized, they did all the right things that you feel are right, but they aren't really justified from the actions they still did, which makes it feel okay for you. So that's why communication, especially with your partner, is something you need to practice more and more because without, if you have miscommunication, this, the cycle of abuse is basically going to happen to you. And you're going to feel like the things that your partner's doing is okay when in reality, inside of you, you feel like, no, it's not. Yeah, and this cycle isn't like, you know, an outline of every single relationship or every single, um, uh, you know, abusive instant in relationships. I think it's more just realizing, again, red flags in your relationship and, you know, converse, con having conversations is one of them, and you know, not being open to having conversations is one. Um, but there's like, you know, it, every relationship is different, <laughs> so I think it's really important to <coughs> communicate um, mm -hmm. and you know understand each other's boundaries um, and understand, you know, what one another expects. You know. Yeah, and this is what. I, I don't know if I'm off topic or whatever, but this is one of the reasons why I encourage like most teens to wait um, until they're older to take um, an action like having intercourse with someone. Only for the fact that when you're older, you're a little bit more experienced about life and like how kind of like humans work and human behavior and the type of people that you want to surround yourself with. Because in high school, you know, we make a lot of mistakes. We're around the same people all the time. Sometimes like the same people that we went to grammar school with, we go to high school with them. And it's just like, a, we're, we're like stuck with the same people, right? So we make mistakes with some people and then we regret it and then we're like, crap. And then we go out in the world and we meet people that like accept us for who we are and we don't feel ashamed of like who we're with. And I feel like that's why I just advise everyone to wait. But I mean, if you obviously feel like you're ready Definitely, consent goes with communication because not only will it help you prevent um, yourself from being in situations that you don't want to be in, but like how we're talking about relationships, it can improve um, your relationship. Even though relationships are all different, communication is like key for all of them, regardless. I think at least even like with your family relationships, with your sisters, your brothers, like communicating is how you should be working out a problem. Definitely, and I think we can go into consent outside of you know relationships um, and sexual relationships so a lot of people just think that we need to know consent you know in order to have safe consensual sex but I think that something that a lot of people are now starting to realize is that we need consent in our every everyday lives um, and just with like our own boundaries as people and what we're okay with um, and how we're okay with people touching us or interacting with us um, there was an article from the Butler College, um, they have like a newspaper, and I was reading an article, and there is a quote that I really liked, and I'm gonna read right now, um, and says that there's two point, there's two parts 
to consent, the, the asking and the definite yes response, um, and that people think that consent is just in a sexual context, but it can also be actions in, in your everyday life, like I just said. Um, it's literally as simple as asking somebody if you can you know, fix their hair for them, or if you can like take off their tag on their jacket. You know, it's more of just being respectful of people and their bodies, um, and you know, you expect that back. And a lot of times, like we, when when I know when I'm going to a party, um, I see the whole familia, and I need to like, you know, give them a hug, you know, give them a kiss. And there's just like family members that I don't know, or people that I don't know really well, and I don't want to give them a hug. But I was taught from very young age that that's respect. You know, putting yourself in these you know uncomfortable kind of situations is respectful for them. For them, you know, it's like you're showing them that you care, that you want to say hi or something like that. And I think that it's very important for us to start talking to young kids about you know the situations they put themselves in. And you know, I don't know if you guys were kind of in those situations with your families. I know yeah. it, it's like a lot of Latino families are like, yeah, you go around the whole room, shake everyone's hands, give everyone a kiss. I'm like, okay. That ties into like who influences you to like do certain things, right? Like we mentioned social media and movies, and it also like we get influenced by our own family members and even our closest friends. So I, that's a really very good point because um, I know that like when I was younger too, like certain people like I didn't want to like hug them or give them a kiss, especially like my uncles. I was like, no, I'm cool with a handshake. Like, why do I gotta give my kids? And I know, like, come on, come on. I'm like, oh my god. And it it would put me in like an uncomfortable situation, and then it would just make the whole situation awkward. Like, well, why don't you want to give your uncle a kiss? Well, because I don't want to. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. But yeah, it definitely goes with like influence, and it's something that like, for example, I have a little sister, and like how you mentioned, my family is very supportive as well. And I talk to her um, like if she's my age because she's 11, but. I want her to know that she can trust me and that I take her serious enough to have like really open conversations with her about you know things that she's comfortable with and things that she's not like if she says no I don't want to hug someone I'm like it's cool just say hi like that's all you got to do and she's okay with that and whoever you know if they whoever she said hi to they don't like it it's like hey she's acknowledging that you're here she doesn't need to do anything further to like acknowledge you more you know yeah and it's these like smaller aspects of consent that we kind of like need to dive deeper into so that not not just like older you know people can like realize this but also for our younger kids and you know so that we can have these conversations with them as well and not make it something that they have to force themselves to do um even like i was watching i don't know if you guys have seen those videos of teachers like greeting their students and asking them to like pick a choice like oh do you want a high yeah. five or do you want a hug or something oh, yeah. like that and i think that's like a very you know easy way of kind of showing kids that they have a choice over themselves and like their body and what they want to do um, and that they don't always have to hug someone they don't always have to give them a high five you know they can wave at them and these simple things are like so important to teaching kids um and i i just really like those videos because yeah that's, like, they're adorable they're so cute but also it's like really like when you think about it it's really important yeah i agree i feel like it's also important to like normalize like kids just saying no rather exactly. than like shutting them down and asking them why like like no like I feel like people are gonna like be wondering like, oh, why'd you say no? But I feel like no should just be like no, and then just carry on as if it's like anything else is saying yes. So I feel like that's also like a problem. Exactly. Yeah, just like telling our little kids that they're able to say no and like yeah. they they have a choice over themselves. Exactly. We need to learn how to say no. Like that's pretty much it, you know. And then also communication. Communication is key. And 
sooner or later, you know everything you need to know about consent because communication, learning how to say no, you have to be your own person. You have to know what you're comfortable with yourself. Being comfortable for sure is one of the biggest parts of consent. You can't just do it, you can't be forced. That's mm -hmm. pretty much, you can't be forced. And also the questions of, you know, yes or no, they're gonna bring up curiosities and temptations. Um, and that's okay, you know, like, you're gonna question like, should I take the next step? And if you take your time in questioning that, like, you know, don't feel like you have to have an answer by next week or everybody's doing something at this age, you have to do it too. Don't feel like that, like, it's okay to get curious. You know, do your research, go online, read books, inform yourself, that way, you know, people can take advantage of your mentality. Yeah, and I also think it's important to have like someone that you're like trusted with to just have a conversation, have an honest talk, because it's hard to like do it yourself and make decisions in your head because like it gets confusing <laughs> and being able to like talk to someone, like rather it be like your parent or like your sibling or your friend, just to have like an honest conversation with someone else that's like not involved is good too. For sure. Yeah, because I know like some important conversations that I have not, have not always been with like my mom or my dad. Um, so it's like totally okay if mm -hmm. you know it's not a parent, uh, just as long as it's somebody that you really trust. Uh, so we're going to read a couple of more cards that have been given to us. This one over here says, "Why do people judge other people who are bisexual?" Hmm. I think right off the bat, for me, like to answer this, it's because they're really close-minded. That's like my first answer. For sure, I I identified as bisexual um, for a while, and then right now I just identify as queer. Um, but a lot of the times when I told like my peers and things like that, it was really like you can how do, how can you like two, you know, like two genders? Like you have to choose one or the other, and th that really confused me because I was like, so is this is what I'm feeling wrong? You know. Right. And, and it's like, yeah. it kind of like makes you feel closed off and not supported at all. And I think it's just th because those people are not informed. Um, and it's not always your fault, you know, it's their, and it's not always their fault that they're not unfor informed. It's, it's just that that's how, you know, maybe they grew up or they didn't have, you know, the resources to actually like understand these things. And I, I found myself understanding, being really understanding of them. Um, and a lot of the times, like, I was just like, okay, maybe they just don't they weren't given the chance or like people didn't talk to them about these things, but I don't know. I think it's mostly out of fear sometimes too. Um, but yeah. yeah, and I don't know if I keep repeating myself, but that kind of goes like into like influence too. Like I know at least for like my family, um, I'm not proud of this or anything, but like my family has like a, or I don't know if it's like a Mexican thing, I don't know, but they, anything like any little joke where they want to insult someone, they kind of bring up someone's sexuality like oh that's you know like gay or something like that and that's something that I've been like trying to educate my family about like someone um someone in my family mentioned that they wanted to mention something at work that was bothering them and and the person was like oh I don't want to say anything because I'm gonna look like gay because I w I'm trying to talk about this and I was like no like you're wrong you're not gonna look gay because gay people actually have a lot of um what is it called, like, they stand strong on their opinions and who they are, and you on the other side, you're not standing strong on what you want to say, you know? So, I mean, it kind of goes, like, into, like, how you mentioned, like, influence, and some people just don't know what they don't know. Yeah, and I think it's, I think it's really important for people to, to call others out when you see something wrong, 
that they're saying. Um, a lot of the time we just, we hear things from even our families and we grow accustomed to it. Um, and we're just like, oh yeah, you know, my uncle's being really racist right now. Um, but I'm not gonna call him out because he's older than me and I need to respect, right. um, you know, my, el my elders. And I'm just like, now I'm realizing like, I've been, you know, I've just been silent for so long and now I'm like 18. Like, yeah. I, I could have been said something, you right. know, to them. And it, we grow angry because we, you know, we feel like we can't say stuff and like, when we are older and we want to say stuff, like, we just say it wrong. We say it with so much anger because we were never given the chance to express ourselves, like, mm -hmm. in the moment. Uh, but any of our listeners want to say anything, any comments? Just so I know you guys are still here. Are you guys active? <laughs> yeah, say something if you're listening to We me. can read another card, too, <laughs> if you guys need a little time to eat your pizza. Um, um, yeah, we have another. Okay, so our next card says, how do I overcome <laughs> child abuse and rape? So there's definitely a lot of resources in Chicago like Planned Parenthood, but also there's hotlines as well. So there's a National Sexual Assault Hotline, and the number is 1-800-656-4673. However, like if you're uncomfortable with calling on the phone, there's also an online chat, which is hotline.rainn.org. And there's also another hotline with um, YWCA Rape Crisis Hotline, and that number is 888-293-2080. And if no one's listening to these hotline numbers, you can definitely just like um, ask um, or like go on like, Google and like Google like the um, hotline like phone number and these other resources. But I also think it's important to know that um, whatever happened to this person, that this situation is validated, and whatever happened to them, like. Um, we're all like here for you. Like there's definitely like other people that will support you and listen to your story. And if you um, want to um, like go out and like tell someone, like you definitely should and do whatever, cause this is like your story. So do whatever makes you feel comfortable. And there's also like tons of resources that will help you along the way. Yeah, and uh, if you need these numbers again, don't be afraid to come to us and we'll give them to you after the show. Yes, and I want to add on. So me, myself, as a rape victim, I noticed that you feel, you just feel broken. So like, this is, okay, this is like my first time like telling to a crowd I was raped. And it wasn't my first time. Like I was raped twice when I was young. So I was also abused when I was young. And I want to say that a lot of the things that you have to know and strive for is that you are your own person. I know that when I first got raped, I felt powerless. I didn't feel like myself. I lost my personality, I lost everything. And you have to look inside yourself. So I know the biggest step, and it's hard because you think like, oh, therapy, like, no, that's for like the crazy people, <laughs> but it isn't. Therapy is literally where you have to go. And I'm gonna give you guys um, where I used to went. It's located in 3656 North Halstead Street. It's here in Chicago. Um, it's around Boys Town, so if you're part of the LGBT community, you'll feel very welcomed, and if you experience the same thing that I did, I say go ahead. Also, their therapy is free if you are 18 or younger, and I say if anything, go to therapy. That's going to help you reevaluate yourself. It's going to let you know that you are okay. You're going to learn strategies on how to cope with what has happened to you. It's never going to go away, but just know that you'll become an even stronger person the things that come to you is to make you stronger. I just want to say that. I want to say that 
the light would never cut off. You are the light. You have to guide yourself to where you want to be, and you have to shine where you want to shine. So I just want to advocate for whoever asked this question. Um, I'm sorry if this happened to you. I really am. I know how you feel, and I just want to say, yeah, um, just to say again, the place where I used to go get therapy is 3656 North Halstead Street. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Thank you so much for sharing that. I really, really appreciate that on so many levels. So we have a couple more questions. Why do you think young teens knowledge in regards to their community, lack in knowledge in regards to the community and country? Do you want me to repeat that? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, it was written really weirdly. Um, it says, why do you think young teens lack knowledge in regards to their community and country? Um, I believe it's pretty much because, you know, we're in the U.S. Um, we're like this melting pot. We just, um, we just combine our cultures and we feel like we're just all one. But, you mm -hmm. know, we forget to preserve our culture. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I feel like it's, it's that, like, we get too caught up with things that, like, we see that we want to imitate but it's not us sometimes. So like we're distracted yeah. by like other things. I think that's something, you know, that I see a lot in my own community that, you know, the younger, the youth, um, you know, younger than me, like my brother and stuff like that, they, they're very distracted by like social media or video games, you know, Fortnite. Um, <laughs> um, and like I want, you know, to share my knowledge and share what I've learned because I've, you know, been working with Planned Parenthood since my junior year, and I really got into like these topics my junior year of high school because of a class that I took, um, and I've, you know, wanted to share everything that I've learned. And I think sometimes it's just a little harder to get into the minds of our youth and just like trying to tell them like this is you know this is really important stuff. Like your Fortnite, you know, is important yeah. too. <laughs> but guys, <laughs> like we need to get into this because this is like us. This is the things that we need for our future. Um, and things that we need to be, you know, successful and also just, like, go far later in life. And yeah. So, yeah. Do you have a question? Yeah. Uh, so this one says, what are your thoughts on people, typically young men, being taught to continue to pursue women even after they said they're not interested in having men ignore what they said because it's for love or it's meant to be? Um, nothing is meant to be. We need to get that out of our heads. Like, we're so young. We have so many options, so much to explore. We have not seen it all yet. So if someone's approaching you like that, they need a reality check, obviously. <laughs> and yeah. you are not alone. Like, I'm sure there's a trusting adult around you, but also you can speak up for yourself and let them know, like, put your foot down, like, yo, I had enough of your crap. Like, we're not meant to be. I'm my own person. You don't tell me what I, where I'm supposed to be at. You know, I get to decide that. Um, but yeah, that I... That's horrible. This is just like toxic masculinity, you know? Yeah, I was just gonna say um, that. <laughs> at work and just like how rooted it is in our society is, you know, and how it's impacting young kids too. Like I've heard, you know, of a little, I think I saw like a post on Instagram where it was like her nephew um, was going after a girl and she rejected him and she was like, do you know what you need to do next? And he was like, yeah, try again. And she was like, no, like you need to respect her and her choices and say, and just, you know, she told you no once, so no is no, and like you need to understand that. And I think it's really important, you know, that we 
this is just another thing that we need to teach people in general to respect a person's no and to respect a person when they <coughs> reject you, you know, um, or, you know, say no to you. And I think that's like something that we have learned to take hard, you know, just like, you know, kind of feel disrespected by a no, but really it's just like their person advocating for themselves. Um, and I think that's, you know, some really important stuff. Yeah, and also like this like culture of like toxic masculinity and like wanting to like encouraging like men to just keep on like chasing after like women is just like, it's gross basically because yeah. like it's, um, this just like reminds me of like catcalling because I know for a fact that like a lot of like women like starting at the age of like 12 experience catcalling and that is just like nasty mm -hmm. and um, like men especially like I'm, I don't want to like target like men ugh but like I totally want to do that right now but I'm not no. going to <laughs> do it <laughs> do it <laughs> just uh, do it men suck basically Bro. no just kidding but I don't know like this not is kidding. like taught like as um, a thing to just like oh like especially like I feel I see a lot of like parents like harmful just like oh um, just like especially with a boy and a girl or like friends they kind of just say like oh you guys dating haha right. you know I like, feel like that's like, like no they're like, like two <laughs> it's fine um, but just like saying like we were talking about before about the conversation like saying no and I feel like no is just like it's such as like a simple thing if someone says no to you I feel like a person should be like oh I guess I'll stop but I guess not for other people so that'd be like that so we're gonna does anybody want to say anything before we go on to another question real quick no audience is very quiet still I love you guys so, oh my god, <laughs> this is loud, okay. So, that conversation you had um, a while back about how masculinity and how people need to respect choices, I feel like that is true in that society, in our society, of course, because usually it's like, you know, grr, we need to, you know, recap, recapping on what you said, we need to like, guys are more than like, I'm gonna try again, because you know, that's what society is teaching us. But I feel that you need to take time and you need to, like take the time on yourself to see if you're ready to be in a relationship yourself and if that person's not interested then respect that mm -hmm. and just be friends you know or best friends in general you know just yeah. overall just be a nice guy and respect people's choices you know yeah snaps to that for real <laughs> thank you so much for that okay um that was so beautiful, Danny. Thank you. <laughs> but that also like just leads me to think right now, real quick, um, before we go on this small break. Um, if you ever want to get in a relationship and you're young, question that. What is the point of me being in a relationship? Could I build a bond with this person that I want to get in a relationship without having a title, like boyfriend and girlfriend, and without having to engage physically with each other? Because once you start learning how to create bonds like that and maintaining them, you're going to go far in life with a lot of your friendships. Just want to keep that, throw that out there. But we're back with Gigi, and we're ready for you. Yes, Gigi. I'm back again. This time I'm back with a mic stand. So, you know, no more BS. Okay, this song is from Claro. If any of you lo-fi people are in the house, it's called Flamin' Hot Cheetos. Yeah, I hear y'all, I hear it. Okay, here we go. African-American Claro in the house. Sometimes I feel like I just wanna go back to my old ways. You're telling me I'm silly, it's no fun. In the old days, I'm such a romantic. I 
I never remember how things really happen. I guess you're attractive or something. Live in the moment, that's what they tell me. But whatever happened to when you would hold me and hold me and hold me. Girlfriend or girl that's a friend, it's easy just to pretend that we don't have something real. It's just how we feel. Whoops. It's just how we feel. How we feel. Oh, it's just how we feel. How we feel. I'm feeling something right. I'm feeling something right. Let me get this back. I'm feeling something right. 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 Oh. And I want to be the one you think about at night. And I want to be the one that you would put up a fight for. But you know how I adore you. Even when you're bored, I'll buy you everything and anything I can afford.
very stringy very stringy I think I'm pressing my guitar against the mic and it's like hitting it okay how much time we have left like one more minute okay two more minutes uh, man hmm. four more minutes All right. let's see if I can pull up something else out of the trap okay I think I have pulled successfully pulled something else out of the trap. But the internet's being weird. Okay. This song's called Over the Rainbow. If you guys know that one, I think. So we're back with uh, Gloria and the gang over there talking about stuff with um, Yolo Kali Pop-Up Youth Radio. <laughs> Thank you, Gigi. <laughs> we are back, like Gigi mentioned. Um, we are Pop-Up Youth Radio Winter Exhibition 2018. We're going to be covering more on LGBTQ. We have a guest here from the Cook County Health Department. Pedro Alonso Serrano hey. with us here today. Um, but yeah, we're going to tackle some topics right now and then we'll get to the interview. Do you want to <laughs> read another card real quick? Uh, Help a little transition? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So here's another card from our lovely audience. It says, when I told my mom I was bi, she didn't believe me. Also, my f me and my friend get judged a lot for being bi. Um, so yeah, I mean, we talked a little bit about this earlier. But I totally understand um, people that don't believe you when you say that you're a certain sexuality and they kind of like ignore you a little bit. Um, and it's really hard to go through that, um, to not feel validated by your family, especially is really hard uh, experience. And I, something that I learned was 
that as long as I know who I am, like I won't really need the permission of anybody else to feel happy uh, and to feel like my own love. So I think that's really important. Um, you know, even if you aren't 100%, you know, with yourself, it's really, it takes a lot of growth um, and stuff, you know, stuff like that. And for, for you to be judged, you know, at school and stuff like that is really, it's really hard too. So <laughs> I really just commend you for, if you do, you know, just like being, you know, friends with each other and like being each other's support system is really important too. Um, so yeah, do you have anything you want to add? Um, everyone has their opinion. <laughs> Honestly, brush it off. If that yeah. doesn't relate to you, it, I know it can be hard, but once you stand strong within who you are, anything that anybody says, it's like, yeah, that's just your opinion. Like, yeah. I'm still me, you yeah, know? For like sure. <laughs> it's okay that you feel like that. I don't understand why, but yeah. Yeah, and I heard this really important quote. I forget, I'm probably going to botch it, but it was other people's opinions about you are not important to you and they shouldn't be yeah. because what other people think about you is none of your business. You know, yeah. it's not something that, you know, need, needs to or should hinder you um, at being your best and true self. Yeah. So. And a lot of, like, when people judge, it kind of has a lot more to say about them at the end of the day than what mm -hmm. they're really saying about you. So For just sure. always keep that in mind. So yeah. we can go a little bit more into some LGBT plus things over here yes yes okay so i feel like we should get in the topic about the negative and positive impact bet between the community so within us within our community okay yes. yeah yeah so i do believe like our community is like amazing like we stand we stand <laughs> like we're so we positive like <laughs> well for the most for the most part but you know we're like the bright light. Like, I'm sorry. We are the stars. <laughs> um, <laughs> fight me if you want. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, but a lot of people don't know that within our community, we have some tension. Like, there's For some sure. tension. Um, sure. Especially with transgender women. Mm -hmm. And now, like, I feel like we try to forget about them, but they're there. Mm -hmm. I feel like we acknowledge them when they do something better like for the community or like they make a statement but we're not there to help them because i know a lot of like well i have a transgender friend who's transitioning to male and i know that he he likes to go by the pronouns of he his so i'm gonna use those pronouns um he he was pretty much like abandoned by his family and I know that he had to work as hard as he could. You know, like, and he was in high school. Like, he was right. a senior. I was a sophomore at the time. He had to work. He had to put in that work. He had no credit. So it was really hard for him to find an apartment because his family abandoned him. But not only that, his friends who were gay or lesbian, they didn't check up on him. They didn't want to help him. They didn't want to do anything with him. They weren't there to help him for his process, pretty mm -hmm. much. And as soon as he was starting to look more like quote unquote masculine or like a male, um, that's when like people started to be interested. They were just fascinated. They were looking at him as something fascinating that they didn't know people can actually transition themselves to look that certain way. And they thought that he was gonna look like a girl the f for the rest of his life. Mm -hmm. So I know like in that we like to, well not all of us, right? Mm -hmm. But some people from our community, they like to, acknowledge the beauty of those who actually like 
quote unquote like made it to like look how they want to look, but they're not there to help for the process because it's expensive. It's really expensive yeah, to transition, for sure. like millions of dollars like sometimes. Surgery and you know, um, medicine and stuff like that mm-hmm. is just really crazy. And like we don't, we don't, we're not taught about it. You know, schools. It's yeah, that's something that. You know, the school system really overlooks the trans and non-binary people and, you know, giving information in classes that really help them is barely seen, if ever, especially, I don't want to call out CPS, but I have to. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, But, like, especially in, like, the CPS system, like, our health classes really are just so, I don't want to say terrible, again, like earlier I said, um, they're just very exclusive. You know, mm-hmm. right. also um, some Planned Parenthoods like um, are trying to are and currently and more trying are offering like hormone therapy to like oh, nice. um, youth. So that's also like a resource. That's awesome. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. A lot of people don't know about that, but it's really I didn't know about yeah. that actually. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. cool. I think there's like overall we just need to protect our trans and non-binary youth because yeah. they're like very much so under attack um, and. Wasn't it like a couple of weeks, months ago, or something that like the Trump administration was basically trying to exclude trans? Yeah, they were basically <laughs> trying to say that they couldn't like identify the way that they wanted or something like that. Yeah, that's like uh, again another thing is like we need to be informed, and I you know I can even like point myself out and say I'm not always informed about these issues, and I should be, um, and I think everybody should be because there's uh, these are people that you know, are in our society and they're just as important as anybody else. Yeah. Um, no matter how they identify. And were you going to say something? <laughs> I'm sorry. I was just going <laughs> to add on to, like, regardless of how we identify, we can't forget that we're all human beings, you know? Like, we all exist here. We are all unexperienced. We're all existing. Like, I don't know. People are pretty ugly sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> That's the truth about that. Um. Yeah, my bad, guys. So, um, I know that there are, I believe it was... 17. I think there's. What are you pulling up? This info. I'm sorry, but like I have it all over the place, girl. Boy, I need no, to I feel you. I need to get this thing right. But basically, <laughs> there are there are some places where they have rules, like literally laws, mm-hmm. where it's fine to discriminate people who of the transgender community. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of people don't know that. Like in I states? Yeah, like okay. I, I know in Colombia, for example. Um, it's fine. Like, they're mm-hmm. like, oh, you don't have any rights against, I mean, like, any protection against police. So police are able to treat you how they want. Like, mm-hmm. that's a law. Mm-hmm. And then also, of course, the bathroom thing, because they're going to bring up that, oh, they're going to rape somebody. But there was never a case where a transgender person raped anybody. Mm-hmm. There was cases where people that dressed up, cross-dressed, who were straight males mm-hmm. and raped women mm-hmm. in bathrooms and said that and blamed it on themselves saying that they were transgender, but they weren't. Mm-hmm. But people still hear that and they were like, no, they were dressed like a woman. So they were, they, they were transgender and they did this. So that's why we shouldn't have this and that, that. Right. And I think the, the, what you brought up, like the bathroom laws is very important for, for the transgender community because, you know, they want to, it's as simple as like using the bathroom. They want to feel safe going into somewhere and, you know, being allowed to just use the bathroom, you know? Um, And I just saw a video of like, I think it was a trans, a trans student was uh, literally using the bathroom and like they opened the stall up and they were videotaping, like she was videotaping herself being in the bathroom and she was just like, this is what they do to us, you know, like 
the teachers were holding up, like, opened the door and, like, they literally barged in. And just, like, that's ridiculous, you know? Like, schools are doing this, and I don't think it's, like, brought into the public attention very much or very often um, as needed. Yeah, that's humiliating, like, in both parts, because that, that trans <laughs> person, like, they probably felt so disturbed, so violated. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she was just, like, you know. Over it. That's and, and it's it's weird because I don't hear al- enough like about there being policies of like what stu- schools can do um, themselves. You know, just like apart from like the bathroom, the bathroom laws. Like, what are the other policies in different states that mm-hmm. you know schools have regarding trans youth? Yeah, I, I'm not too sure if like CPS stands on this, but I know that. Um, I used to work in back of the yards at um, Richards Career Academy, and they were, the staff was, so they they were like going through a change of staff, and there was like a new principal and stuff, and she seemed to be more understanding of like everybody's rights and needs. So she, cause um I would work in an after school program, and we had um different types of students all the time coming in and in and out and stuff. But a lot of the times they would tell us that they wouldn't want to stay because, you know, the way that. Um, staff was treating them like they just want to leave school like once the clock comes out like they just want to leave so we kind of started noticing like what were some of the reasons and um, the principal actually started having like meetings with security guards and um, other staff from the school to respect pronouns respect like how the students identify themselves and they started wearing like lanyards with um, like a card saying like that they support the LGBTQ community in the high school and I thought that was really awesome because I know there were still some things that the school needed to fix, but some of the students were starting to feel like more accepted and more like it's okay to like go to school and be who you are. And I think that a lot of schools really, um, really need that. And I, I'm really happy that I got to see that um, at Richards, and I hope to see that more of that in other schools as well. And also, like just in like um, the LGBTQ H plus you know community in general, um, I know that. Um, those who have HIV, like I heard that 72% of the victims of the LGBTQ or HIV motivated like hate violence homicides in 2013. And 60, 67% of that 72% were transgender women of color who were murdered for having <laughs> HIV. So that's just crazy how people can really like try to find the negative and people of the community, of the transgender community, and be like, oh, well, you have HIV, so we're gonna kill you, we're gonna burn you, we're gonna do all these things. Like, it's just so crazy, like, I can't even think of it in my head how people just want them out so bad, and that's why I feel like it's so important to acknowledge them, especially in our community, because we we don't, we acknowledge them when we want to acknowledge them for their success, but we don't acknowledge them for their struggle and for what they have to go through in their process. And I feel like that, something we need to put more light into. We need to advocate that for more. Definitely. And there's um, some resources out there. And today we have our guest here, um, Pedro Alonso Serrano. Thank you for being here with us. Um, can you introduce yourself and like who you are and what you do? Sure, I'm happy to. First of all, let me just say thank you for having me in your space. Um, I'm really honored and uh, grateful to be here with such incredible, um, to be present for such an incredible conversation about sexual health, consent, um, a little bit about what I wanted to share with you all was, one, um, I'm glad that you're all as interested and passionate about these topics as I am. And you're bringing up a lot of popular 
uh, news uh, pieces around the lives of uh, LGBT youth, trans youth, non-binary youth, um, a lot of concerns out there about reproductive uh, health and HIV. And I want to share a little bit about, um, even though you hear a lot about it in the news, and the popular news at night or, or whenever, um, we're still in the early days of doing comprehensive research to really understand the health needs of, in particular, um, younger tra like trans youth and non-binary youth. So even though we may have spent some amount of time um, doing some good health research around the lives of gay youth or lesbian youth or even maybe bi youth, we're really still in the early days when it comes to sex and gender expansive young people. Um, so sometimes when we hear in the news that um, trans or non-binary youth don't have the resources that they may need in terms of access to um, health services or even sexual health education in school, um, and we get frustrated about why that is, um, some of that is because the adults working in the field, are, we, may take a, we may be a little slower to react to the needs of younger people, and, but we're getting a little bit, um, we're trying to be more responsive. One of the um, most recent studies out there locally in Chicago and also doing work nationally is the Keeping It Light study. So the Keeping It Light study is an online study about the life experiences and health of LGBTQ communities around the US that is inclusive of sex and gender expansive young people. It's actually one of the only studies of its kind that um, includes uh, very young, uh, well, 13 through 24-year-old, anyone uh, who identifies as trans, non-binary, or really not cis, basically, um, as well as other LGBTQ uh, identities. And really the goal of the study is to be able to produce a comprehensive body of knowledge about the needs of young, sex and gender expansive young people that we just haven't had until you know, that we hope to have soon and recent, uh, soon. But um, one way that folks can find out more if they're interested in signing up is by going to the website, which is keepingitlight.org. Uh, the study itself consists of a pretest survey, and then we give everyone the option of receiving a free at-home test. So we're helping folks get comfortable with testing themselves at home. In a, with a 20-minute oral uh, swab HIV test kit, and then a post-test survey. And then for, for that um, activity, you get 50 bucks, whether that be um, as a store credit or as a person-to-person -person payment, such as like a Venmo payment. Um, so we try to make it a very casual, um, easy to participate in study. Um, and if you have any questions, I'd love to talk more about it. Does anybody have any questions from our audience that you guys want to ask our guests? I think our audience are shy. <laughs> <laughs> so I got the questions. I hope you got the answers. Um, <laughs> so why is it important to get involved with the project that you're in, for example? You know what? With any research project in general, it's a call to action for volunteers to sign up to participate. And for folks who don't sign up, you're really not having your voice heard in the, in the bigger story of what we're uh, spending our time learning more about. Um, so I really encourage young people to sign up and um, volunteer, participate their time. Even though you're being compensated, you're really 
a volunteer. Um, and it's always your choice in research whether you participate or choose not to at a later time. Um, in particular for folks uh, from you know, LGBTQ backgrounds uh, who are largely underrepresented in just national research studies, uh, without our voices collected in, in, those, in that work, then folks don't know what we really need from the larger health, uh, health you know, federal health system and, or local health uh, services. Yeah, for sure. Would you like to kind of like let us know how the process goes to get HIV tested? Sure. So actually, um, I know earlier you talked a little bit about how folks 12 years old and uh, 12 years old and older can access sexual health and reproductive services on their own. That includes HIV, STI and HIV testing in the in the state of Illinois. That's not true across the country. Um, some um, states have uh, older age requirements for bringing yourself in for testing. But here in Illinois, if you are sexually active or just want to know your status, uh, you can, at 12 years old, you can walk into any health clinic and request for, request an HIV test. There are different types of HIV tests, but the most common one that you're going to probably, um, like a free HIV test that you're going to encounter is an oral swab test that may run about 20 minutes. So it's literally um, more or less a little, uh, I should have brought some with me, mm -hmm. but um, a little pallet that you swab around your gums and, and, uh, gums and cheeks, uh, place it in a little tube with some testing liquid, and within 20 minutes it shows you a result of whether it reacted to the presence of um, antibodies that your body produces against the expo an exposure to HIV. Um, if there's no reaction, that means that there's no antibodies being produced. Um, so there's no, there hasn't been an exposure or an infection necessarily to HIV. So <laughs> I have a question, like personally. Okay, so when, so like how I shared my story earlier. Um, obviously, I was tested for the assaults that happened to me. Um, I had to go through blood tests and all these kits, and I feel like that was just like their way of having to like check for HIV. Um, for you guys, do you have to sometimes prescribe that blue pill, for example? I don't know what it's called. I forgot what it's called. But that blue pill? Yeah, that like blue pill. <coughs> oh, I forgot what it's called. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit more about HIV specifically. Um, and I'll be brief, but um, you know, HIV is amongst um, a number of different sexually transmitted infections. Uh, there's others. HIV is a viral infection as opposed to a bacterial infection. Bacterial infections are treatable with antibiotics like chlamydia or gonorrhea. Um, HIV, if you are exposed and become infected, um, in order to maintain your health, you have to be on antiretrovirals, which is a type of therapy that keeps your, um, if you're infected with a virus, you can't be treated with antibiotics. You have to be treated with a different type of medicine that helps you uh, keep your health system uh, working. But in the and so HIV, in being a sexually transmitted infection, is carried through bodily fluids. Four in particular: blood, semen, vaginal fluid, and breast milk. So, when it comes to um, sexual transmission, it's usually blood, semen, or vaginal fluid that are involved. Um, and amongst the many different ways or strategies uh, to prevent infection is to use different types of barriers, like earlier you were talking about dental dams and condoms, 
Um, and for condoms, there are receptive and penetrative condoms um, that you can use. Uh, whether you have a penis or a vagina or an anus, I mean, you can use different types of condoms um, to kind of place a barrier between you and your partner. Um, and we have new prevention strategies. We call them biomedical prevention strategies because it involves taking this little blue pill that you were just mentioning. Uh, so far, so this is for everyone in the room. I hope you are all listening that um, as of, and you should be proud of Chicago because as of um, work we did started in 2009 here in Chicago with a number of 18 year olds, you know, so folks who are just about your, you know, you're about to be that age in a couple years. Um, we signed up a group of 118 to 22 year old, mostly young men, uh, to take this little blue pill that we didn't know whether it worked in the prevention of HIV or not, but we found out in 2012 that it did work. Oh yeah. If you took one pill a day and you were sexually active, you could prevent infection by HIV by continuing to take that pill every day. That means there's no infection. Um, that little blue pill, there's only one brand out there right now, which is called Truvada. Yeah. Um, we call it, we usually call it by uh, its name, which is PrEP. So PrEP refers to taking a pill once a day to prevent HIV. And you can get that um, as of this year, there's no age requirement for that. So as long as you weigh 77 pounds or more, you can get on PrEP. Um, and if you're sexually active or plan to be in the near future, uh, PrEP, PrEP is a real uh, strategy that you can use to prevent HIV infection. Also, I just wanted to ask, what are the resources in getting that pill? So Illinois in particular, is not, there's not that many states like Illinois. Like We really have a lot of resources available to us, uh, whether uh, folks are documented or undocumented, um, or whether they have medical insurance or not. Illinois provides PrEP at no cost to uh, folks who request it. Um, so whether, like I just said, whether you do or don't have insurance <laughs> or whether you are or not documented, the state of Illinois will cover your PrEP for you. Oh, that's, that's great. Okay, well, our final question. Are you ready? No, I'm just <laughs> okay, so um, is there any more info you would like to tell us that we haven't covered yet? You have all covered so much <laughs> ground and in such depth. I'm so... Um, I'm just really happy to be in the audience today. Uh, but what I would say is uh, what I appreciated about at least just being here, um, it's so nice to be in a, you know, a safe space to discuss what can be very personal topics in our lives. Um, and I really appreciated that you talked about them from the perspective of um, you know, different LGBTQ backgrounds because we often don't have spaces like these to get together to have these kinds of like very real conversations. Um, and I think it's really important that, uh, and valuable work that you're continuing to hold space for, for, those, for these conversations. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you thank so thank much you. for being here with us. So we're gonna just recap a little bit. You know, we touched up on consent. We had Emma here to talk about uh, her illustrations yep. of the happy condoms <laughs> and Follow stuff. her on Insta. Her Insta is disco. B-I-T-C-H design. <laughs> she has awesome things on there. Also, if you feel like you would like to participate in this project um, and you identify with the LGBTQ community, you just have to take a survey and a test and you are 
you can get like $50 and you can get paid however you would like. And if you have more questions, you can ask us. We can connect you with someone or you can just ask Pablo directly. If that's okay what is that project called again? Keeping It Light. Yeah, so you can go to keepingitlight.org. We are very active on Instagram. Our handle on Instagram is keepingit.x. Awesome. Thank you so much. Well, yeah, and now we're going to close up. And this was our second collaboration with Planned Parenthood. And I'm Gloria. I'm Giovanni. I'm Sydney. I'm Emily. And this was Papa Youth Radio at the Winter Exhibition 2018. Hello. It's me. I haven't heard from you in a while. I hope it's because you're listening and enjoying our amazing, outstanding, terrific, wonderful, inspiring, delightful, funny, breathtaking, amazing, astonishing, highly amazing production. If not, you should listen to our radio show, What's Up, again. In the meantime, we'll be working on the next one here in Lumpkin Radio. So stay tuned to our next amazing, outstanding, terrific, wonderful, inspiring, delightful, funny, breathtaking, astonishing, highly amazing broadcast. I hope that you are informed about the awesome parts of life and that you will have a splendid day. Don't forget to listen to us on SoundCloud at Yolokali, on social media like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or Tumblr at Yolokali, or visit at yolokaliartsreach.org for more. We are the robots. 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 We are the rob